Welcome to Draftytopia, a big day in the NFL, not just an update. Well, there were a lot more free agency signings, but I think the biggest news has to be the trades because we were going to call in and talk about today, but what really sparked the flames of the NFL draft were the two trades that took place. The Dolphins and 49ers made a big blockbuster trade for three, and then the Dolphins moved back up to six with Philadelphia. But those trades really sparked the flame that is the NFL draft. Right. I mean, uh, anyway, let's introduce each other. Um, uh, that's Chris that you just heard. I'm Orange Sherry. Yeah, Orange Sherry of Draft Insiders. I'm Chris Ransom of Draft Utopia. Well, let's get right down to nitty gritty. Two big trades made today, both involving the Dolphins. The first one that popped out in the news was the Dolphins traded the third overall pick to the 49ers for the 12th overall pick and a third round pick in the draft, which is the comp pick that uh, San Francisco originally had. And then a first-round pick in 2022 and a 2023. Really, it's giving – I mean, the Dolphins are set for the next two years, and we'll get to the next one. Uh, Then they had another one about two hours later, went through with the Dolphins. The Eagles traded their number six pick overall pick to the Dolphins in exchange for the 12th overall pick. And you want to explain the uh, compensation for what they got as well? Yeah. So the Dolphins um, traded one of their fourth rounders, I think, at 123 to the Eagles because um, that number showed up when I was working on the center rankings, and I think that was from the trade today with the Eagles. So the Dolphins gave up their 2022 first rounder. They filled the Niners' 22 first rounder, but they moved one of their two 2022 first rounders and 12 to move up to six. And this allows Miami to still get the receiver they were targeting at three, at six. And I think this is going to change the format of the draft. I think we're going to see four QBs, then Sewell, then the Dolphins will take their receiver at six, and then the Lions at seven. Then Detroit's really when the draft starts because, yeah, the Lions could take one of the other two receivers that the Dolphins pass on, but I, I also think Micah Parsons is in play with the Lions. And that's not really the point point is this trade is going to have a substantial impact on the draft moving forward and the 49ers are going to draft their quarterback at three um wilson and lawrence are going to go one and two i was sort of questionable on wilson at two up until today but once the trade was announced and once zach wilson completed his first 16 passes and once dan brugler saw a tweet from an NFL scout, like a text message that said the Jets are taking Zach Wilson at two. That pretty much put the cherry on the top of the, uh, put the cherry on top of the Jets decision at two. Mm-hmm. And now they're probably looking for what they're going to do at 23. Right. I, I, let me, let me uh, give you a little step. And because we have a lot of stuff that was happening this week uh, with the draft, with the things that are around the draft and, all these uh, exchanges, you know, I'm getting a lot of feedback, um, you know, for the first five picks, you know, we could see four quarterbacks go off the board. However, don't be surprised if the Falcons do not take a quarterback 
and, and, and possibly take a tight end, the best tight end in the business right now coming out of the draft, Kyle Pitts. It will give uh, Matt Ryan the weapon that he's missing. Uh, you know that. So, I mean, he, he's one of my top uh, players in this draft, and that's Kyle Pitts. Um, he's he's yeah. definitely one of the top players for sure. Um, I think I have a sec. as far as floor grades go, he's my second highest floor grade behind Lawrence. I think there are a few other players with higher ceilings, but he definitely has a top 10 ceiling. Probably the highest tight end grade I've ever handed out in the history of all my years. Why, why don't we do a quick little uh, rundown of the draft and then get in back into free agency? Uh, you know, I, I, as we know, first three picks right off the board right now, like you were explaining, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. That's my, the, I'm going – I'm still put, putting Justin Fields at four. You can put Kyle Pitts at four in your mock, but I'm going with Fields at four because he's from well, that area. I'm, you got to remember, they do have a top passer. They do have a top passer. And what are they going to – bench a guy? What's wrong with Matt Ryan? Because he's getting old? Do they replace Tom Brady in the in the Patriots when he was getting old? Did they praise him now? No. Um, they got Garoppolo in 2014 when Brady, because at this point Brady had still only won three Super Bowls, and they were worried they wanted to have a quarterback plan for the future. But Brady yeah, but, but they get the fourth pick overall. Um, Matt Ryan is not in his 40s; he's 35 years old. You know, he just. He just restructured his contract. He's going to be under the team with the team for the next two, three years, guys. Um, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I, I, don't be surprised. I know a lot of people are taking him to take Justin Fields. I think Fields now slides all the way to the back to the Panthers, and they don't even have to move up. Well, Tom Brady was 37 when the Patriots drafted Garoppolo. Matt Ryan, I'm going to look his age up really quickly here on my phone. 30, he's 35. Yes, he's 35. So uh, if they want to get Fields and groom him behind Ryan the way the Packers groomed Rodgers behind Favre for two years, I'm okay with that because when are you going to be picking this high again, number one? Number two, Fields is my second best overall quarterback. So if Fields is your number two overall quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence and he's there at four, I have no problem with Atlanta taking him in that context. Yeah, there yeah. are options they could address. They could go Kyle Pitts. They could get Sewell. They could trade Caleb McGarry for a fourth or fifth rounder. There are other avenues they could explore. They could even move down and trade down with a team like Denver or New England. Okay? There's a lot Atlanta can do it for. But I'm going with Fields. They get the hometown guy to groom behind Matt Ryan. Because I really believe he's the second best overall quarterback. in. Well, the you know, I mean, to me... Um, and I trust the process or in like, right, right. I'm not, I'm not saying you don't, I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, Matt Ryan is not the issue. Matt he, Ryan I, has not I never implied he was the issue. I said, this is just the, yeah, but their issue is they don't know. They don't have a good edge. They do need an edge, but this is not a good edge draft. This is not a good edge draft. I well, why don't you move? Why don't you go and move back in the draft and go get an edge? Pay, Quitty Pay and Gregory. Or go get somebody in your. Not 
they're not top 32 guys on my board. And I wish you'd let me finish what I want. Yeah, to go ahead. Because I feel like Fields can make up to six progressions. He can play in any type of offensive scheme. There are other people that think he has a bad internal clock. There are people that think he's a two-year project. There are people that think he's going to bust. But I honestly feel like he's the second best QB in this draft behind Lawrence. And if he's there at four, you have to take him. Because I don't think the quarterbacks in the next two drafts are going to be as good as Fields from a ceiling standpoint. So that's my thought process for taking him at four. And then Sewell would go to the Bengals at five. For six, I, I've still got Devonta Smith as my top-ranked receiver. I'd probably go with Micah Parsons at seven because the Lions really need a linebacker. And then eight for me would be uh, Kyle Pitts would be the Panthers' pick at eight if the Falcons don't take him at four. I don't think he's getting past eight because I heard the Panthers aren't taking Mac Jones in the top ten. Right. I mean, I, I know that for sure. This is my – I agree with you uh, – um, Sowell is going to go to the Bengals. Jason, our our uh, our, uh, our our buddy over here, and uh, he's not with us right now. But yeah, um, you know, our um, co coworker will say uh, definitely will go. He'll be very happy with Sowell right now. That's the guy who wants the Bengals to get in real life, and now I think they're pretty much a lot to get him because less right. than before. And my Dolphins. You can either you I, I I the Dolphins to me Jamar Chase fits the Dolphins the Dolphins um were two 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 deals unbelievable today I can't talk about it I mean they have so many draft picks the next couple of years they're really gonna really gonna be something on top so I'm t- picking Jamar Chase to work with Tua um and, and be a, a a special duo to come. They're both great receivers. I really can't fault the Dolphins regardless of what route they take. Parsons has been styling in his pro day, lifting, running like They already communicated with the Lions, which is why I went with him over uh, Jamar Chase at seven, even though both were there. Mm -hmm. And Brad Evans didn't draft receivers in the first round when he was the director of college scouting with the Rams. I don't think he'll take that approach with the Lions either. So Kyle Pitts is um, gone in um, my mock, but I'm guessing you're going to give the Panthers um, Justin Fields at eight. Or did you give the uh, Niners Fields Right now in my decision for the moment, I'm, unless Fields can turn up something that surprises Atlanta, which is always possible, he still hasn't had his pro day, Panthers get their quarterback. They don't have a good quarterback. They're going to need to get a quarterback. They're going to have to move up to get a quarterback now. So I don't know. Um, Broncos, let's go get a, you know, Broncos at number nine. Broncos brought in veteran cornerbacks, Darby, Fuller, free aid. Farley twice. And even though he didn't work out at his pro day today, they do have a third interview scheduled with him, which is why I Mm -hmm. think they're going to get him as a nickel corner. They'll ease him in. The same way the Bears eased Kyle Fuller in, because remember, Kyle Fuller was a nickel his first year in the league with the Bears, and then after that breakout rookie year, he moved to the number one corner role, struggled for a year, and he dominated and regained his rookie for 2016. Yeah, I I think if they don't go corner here, the Broncos go take the the next good lineman, Rashawn Slater, I have here from Northwestern. Well, that's funny you bring that up. 
not funny in a ha-ha way. It's just a coincidence because his dad, Reggie Slater, played for the Denver Nuggets in the NBA. True story. Like father, like son, I guess. But please continue. Yeah, let's go to Dallas. The only prospect that I like that fits Dallas right here, and I want him to play for my team, but he I don't think he's going to slip that far, even though a bunch Patrick. of gurus. Right, Patrick's This is talk. a pick we agree on. Yeah. Yeah, so I gave uh, Denver Farley because I just like his coverage, even though he, there are he did have like a back injury in the past. I am willing to look past that because I think if Denver's interviewed him two times, three times, that may be an indicator they want to take him. And then for me, the Giants at 11, they got Jamar Chaser because I, I had Jamar Chase still on the board. And if Chaser Smith makes it to 11, the Giants have to pull the trigger because at that point you'd have Galladay as your number one. You'd have Smith or Chase the number two who could be a number two for a year and then become the number one target by 2022 or 2023. And you have a lot of depth at slot receiver. You have Shepard. You have Darius Slayton. You brought in John Ross. You have a lot of options for what to do. And you also have Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram in, both on one-year deals at tight end. So I think with yeah, if Pitt slips up here, um, the Giants do go and grab pits without a doubt, uh, unless the Giants uh, are involved in a trade or something. But, but you've been you mocked Fal- pits the Falcons, but I mocked them. Correct, correct. I said if he's available. Yeah, but I have pits going to Carolina. I don't have pits dropping past Carolina. You don't have pits. Okay, so basically, if that case, then I have Devonte Smith. I mean, the, they could also target Aziz Ujari, but I think the value of Smith or Chase at 11 is just too good for them to pass on. Plus, with those weapons, they will have no excuses if that offense is healthy, and they'll be a really good team. It'll be a fun team to watch Jason Garrett coach. Um, 12, Eagles. I am went with Jalen Waddle at 12 because I feel like this is the pick the Eagles are getting from with Miami for moving back, so... I just feel like this is the best value pick for the Eagles. I think Waddle is a slightly higher upside than J.C. Horn, the South Carolina corner. But you could also go with Farley here if you wanted to get a corner to pair with Slay. Right. I, I, I'm going to go with J.C. Horn, South Carolina. Um, Eagles could pick one of the Alabama receivers if they're available, like you said. Um, but but Horns had an outstanding pro he day. Did. They need a good Philly. Philly needs a good sized corner with speed, and and it's just it's just needed. And I think they go J.C. Horn here. Yeah, I really hurt his stock a little bit by not participating in his pro day. But I think Denver could be the one team in the top ten that takes him because of the cops interviews. Okay, thirteen. Um, I've got two offensive tackles going back to back picks here. I've got Rashawn Slater, the Chargers. And I've got Christian Darasaw to the Vikings at 14. So I have two offensive tackles going in back-to-back picks. Okay, so I since uh, you have the tackles, which is a smart move, um, Herbert needs a target. Um, they lost Keenan out. Um, nope. You know, they, I, they don't have a, a slot player. And I just feel um, they get a receiver here. And they grab Jalen Waddle here. That'd be an interesting pick because they don't have a left tackle. Sam Tevai, their starting left tackle, signed with the Colts, and they don't really have that left tackle. But it's a deep offensive tackle draft. So if they like Waddle that much, you can't really fault the pick. 
Um, does that mean Darasaw is going to go to the Vikings at 14 in your situation since they lost their – Yeah, so de- definitely they have a tackle here. Get Darshaw as the next uh, available tackle, which would be um, correct. Yes, yeah, so go to Minnesota. We both have Darasaw to Minnesota. I have Slater starting 13 runners or in his waddle. 15 was where things got interesting because J.C. Horn is on the board. Mac Jones is on the board. But I went a different route at 15. I went with a guy that the Patriots interviewed on Zoom, Zavin Collins, Tulsa, linebacker. They get him to play with Hightower for a year, and they can either groom him or play him right away. They'll have Kyle Van Noy. They'll have Matt Judon. They'll have Hightower. I know they got Anthony uh, Jennings and Josh Uche, but Zavin Collins is just a special talent, and I can see Belichick wanting him at 15 and then using one of their second or third round picks to trade for Garoppolo or trade for Gardner Minshew. Cause I think that's ultimately what they'll end up doing. I'll stick with your pick. Cause you're giving me good information. Your Patriots uh, are um, content uh, with, with that, uh, with probably getting a linebacker. And I do like that. Um, I do see the next pick. Um, so I'm going to agree. Now we got. Let's go to. Let's go to the Cardinals. Patrick, Patrick Peterson's departure for Minnesota. Be a free agency left a little uh, thing. Um, so I do see them actually going with a corner here, getting Colette Farley. Yeah, because Farley, all three corners are going to go in the top sixteen. Farley, I think, has the best man zone and press coverage, the most complete tape, but the back injury. And him not working out at his pro days a concern. And Sertain and Horn are both elite in man coverage, even better than Farley in man coverage, but they're both suspect in zone coverage. But with Sertain, it's a little less problematic. So, But they're all top 16 talents. I think we can agree those three corners are all top 16 talents. Mm-hmm. So moving on to 17, this was tough because with uh, Zayvon Collins was in the Raiders for my mock for the longest time ever. So I had two decisions here. Jeremiah Wosu-Karoma, the Notre Dame linebacker, or Christian Barmore, the Alabama defensive tackle. And I went with um, Wosu-Karoma. This was a tough call for me because I have the same exact floor and ceiling grade on both players. But since you're a Raider fan, why don't you help me with the thought process? Or is there somebody else that you think is a better fit for the Raiders at 17? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways they can go now. They need a right tackle big time. They lost Trent Brown to the Patriots, creating a big hole at the right tackle spot. Um, the, the best lineman available at this time, who already met with the Raiders twice, and this is real, because he did go to the pro day, and I talked to you about this uh, earlier, and that's Tucker. He's a second-round grade. And I'll talk about- I know he got a second-round grade on him. But he's a fir- he's going to go in the first round. Mark my word. He probably will, but I'll probably give the team that takes him as a tackle a really bad grade. I'm just giving you a heads up. But the he might have got the Raiders <laughs> one, you know. Okay, we can put him where Dershaw is, and I'll take Dershaw. <laughs> but anyway, this is one of my picks. Um, now the other way they could go is really taking the. I mean, Joey Mock, Darasaw, I mean, Duck Darasaw, Vera Tucker to the Chargers, which would be bad, okay? The Raiders, at least that's realistic. But, yeah, 
The Raiders. I mean, I went with the Wosu Karoma, and then you move Littleton to the Sam because Littleton struggled at the weak side linebacker role of the Raiders after doing well as a thirty-four. Okay. Yes, I do agree with with uh, if you want to say this in in uh, true respect. Um. The Joker, actually, his name, actually, I called him Jock, I think, on our last uh, Yeah, but he's pod- a pure weak side linebacker, and he's a better version of Corey Littleton. You can move Littleton to the Sam. Littleton struggled this year, but you'll have Littleton and Morrow in the Sam role, and you'd have Taylor Mies yeah. for depth, so you'd have great outside linebacker depth. It, for me, it was came down to two players, Barmore or Owosu Karoma. I'm not going to mock Elijah Vera Tucker to the Raiders, even though I can see the Raiders making that pick. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter to see what 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 occurs on that. But as far as the Raiders go, the whatever uh, happening, it's not like uh, you know. I, I look on some of these charts and who's visiting, who's doing visits, which is a bunch of things because I do get to see articles on the Raiders, yeah. so they're meeting more than some of these uh, places are advertising. Because they did go to the pro day of uh, a USC's pro day, and there's a couple of prospects that can show there's a safety uh, later on in the draft they can go for. The, there's a reason why they went to the end. They brought both Tom Cable, not Gus Bradley, and Mayock both went to uh, see Tucker's pro day. That's why I see, even though the fans might not like it because they want a defensive player, which I believe that. They should get. It, it's just, uh, there's, there's uh, five better offense. There's four better offensive tackles to draft, and Vera Tucker's a guard. Like his foot speed is so pedestrian on pass blocking plays. Now, granted, he has superb athleticism. He did very well in the three cone drill. I did see USC's pro day, so he's not as bad as I'm making him out to be. But he's. He's definitely a reach, and he does have a high ceiling, okay? So if he can reach that ceiling. Well, does Vera Tucker's arm is 32, that it might force teams to rate him as a guard, but Indianapolis, oh, so. Yeah, but it, it, you're right. It could be. A... That's really my issue with the pick more than anything else, beyond. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I believe me. If I could get, you know, who I like. I like Xavier Collins, and I like Jock. I don't know how to pronounce Josh, his name. Jeremiah or... Wosukroma. Let's go to 18. I've got the Dolphins getting a Zuzari. This is my first edge rusher off the board. He's the Georgia 34 outside linebacker. Did very well on tape against Alex Leverwood. The Dolphins. They got rid of um, Kyle Van Noy. Andrew Van Ginkle still there at 34, right outside linebacker, but he's prone to move over to the left side. And Ujari's going to uh, play um, that against left tackles. They'll move Van Ginkle over to the left side. And they also got rid of Shaq Lawson in the trade that sent Bernard McKinney to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins got rid of two of their edge rushers. So they need an edge rusher, and they get the best 34 outside linebacker and best overall edge rusher in this draft in Aziz Ujari at number 18. Mm-hmm. Now... Let me ask you this, Chris. Um, he let's take it. Let's take it. Let's uh, let's. Okay, so let I'm gonna just look at this for a second and go a different way. And I am going to. We're looking at. Um, we're looking at number seven, uh, eighteen, yeah. right? We're looking at number eighteen. 
Because I think a great fit for 18 would be I'm great fit for 18 for me is Queen Pay from Michigan. And the Dolphins, as you said, need to improve their pass rush. Okay? I, I don't the guy that you mentioned, I don't think he's a top uh, twenty pick. I think Quiddy Pay is a forty-three only pass rusher. That's why I didn't mock him to the Dolphins. They run a thirty-four scheme. And I'm looking at the scheme more than anything else. Not well he could be he, he could be he could play defensive tackle too, so he could move to the outside. But the Dolphins have a good defensive line, so Go on. It's a it's okay pick, I guess. If you like, if pays your best overall edge rusher, then I I can't really hate on the pick, but I feel like it is a reach and it's not the best scheme fit. That's all. Mm hmm. Because he did have a good pro day today. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna hate where I mocked Quiddy Pay, but I have him going a little bit later in the first round. Um. No, 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 no problem. I mean. I mean, I'm not looking at the the W foot uh, for that, but the Washington Football Team—they get wide receiver four, Rashad Bateman, Minnesota Golden Gophers receiver. They get him for uh, so he complements Terry McLaurin. They have two Big Ten receivers. They have um, Kelvin Harmony and Antonio Gandy Golden competing for the slot job, and they have two receivers on that outside. They had a a good offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. So I figured receiver with Wosu Karoma gone. If Wosu Karoma's there at 19, that's a great pick for a Washington joke as a replacement for Thomas Davis. But joke is gone in my mock, so I got to go with Rashad Bateman at 19 in mine. Yeah, I mean, that, it's not bad. I, I do like uh, Rashad Bateman is a great player, and we discussed him uh, off the air, and I, I do agree um, – with you at 19 the Washington football team I hope well I, the other thing is they could do I don't who would be the best available lineman at this time the now, lineman on my board is Alex Leatherwood but they have Cornelius Lucas under contract for one more year and he was a top 15 left tackle according to pro football focus so do they really want to try to upgrade that position at 19 in this draft if because you might be sitting the guy you draft at 19 for a year. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Washington just has a plethora of needs they have to address. So who's your pick going to be for Washington at 19? That is a good question. Matt <laughs> Jones, not one of us gave we agreed on uh, Zayvon Collins. I'm not going to give him Mac Jones. Are you kidding me? I'm going to have Mac Jones in my second round. I have Mac Jones in my second round. I had him to the Niners in my second round, but I'm going to have to move him down even further. He might fall the Patriots at 46. I'm going to put Jalen Mayfield. That's an interesting pick because he was a right tackle at Michigan his entire career, and they have a good right tackle at Morgan Moses. Oh, okay, so that's on. So you said Leatherwood is available. Yeah, Leatherwood is available. Cosme is available. Um, Texas tackle. Kevin Jenkins is available. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, there's so many. They I just Alabama feel players. They do. I mean, Washington loves Alabama players, so I could see Leatherwood here. Mm-hmm. So Leatherwood's your pick then? Yes. All right. Number 20. Um, 
I'm going to try to get through the first round here. Number 20 is Chicago Bears. I've got Christian Barmore to Chicago here. I'm going for value over need. They get him as a 34 defensive end, though they have all the pieces. They could also get a corner. Now that Kyle Fuller's gone, they could take a guy like Eric Stokes or maybe even a guy in their own backyard, Greg Newsom, the second out of Northwestern here. I like Stokes a little bit more on tape, but I would not be surprised if Chicago took Stokes or even the hometown Northwestern corner, Greg Newsom here at 20. That would not shock me one bit if one of those corners ended up being picked. I'm going with Barmore. I think the best overall value. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so you're going – sorry, I'm, I'm looking at something. I'm going with Barmore, but the Bears don't have Kyle Fuller, their number one corner. So and they also don't have a safety with Gibson on, so they could address the secondary Barmore. Uh, yeah, they don't have a safety – but this is the only place if Mac Jones comes up. Yeah. if In the first round. If, it's the only place. If Mac Jones goes in the first round, this is the only place I can see him going. Otherwise, he'd fall to New England at 46. Because I just don't see any of the teams in the early second round going after QB. So are you going Mac Jones in or are you going to go a different route? I uh, haven't really decided because I haven't made my draft like you have. <laughs> you want to so, go through you. the rest of my picks for 21 through 32 and you can comment and observe on those picks? Yeah, I mean, I'll try to mock something if I if I see. Yes, that sounds good. All right. 21 through 24, I'll go as slow as possible. I have Leatherwood of the Colts at 21. Left tackle. I they got Sam Tevai, but let's face it, he's not a long-term blindside. Um, number 22, the Titans. I'm going to surprise a lot of people here. I'm going with a safety, but not Oren's number one safety, Trevon Moring. I'm going with a different safety. Richie Gray out of Central Florida, my number one safety in this draft. I mean, they cut Kenny Vaccaro to save cap space. They do have Dane Crookshank, and they do have um, Amari Hook, Monty Hooker. Those are guys that have upside to be good starters, but I don't see a guy who's a pro safety and I think there is a Pro Bowl caliber safety in this draft and it's Richie Grant. If Mulring can uh, improve his uh, ability to make tackles and not miss tackles, I think Mulring would be in that conversation with Richie Grant to be the first safety drafted. Even though Mulring is the consensus number one safety on most boards, I think Grant has better overall tape and Richie Grant, Central Florida the Titans at 22 is my pick here. Um, I want to comment on this pick. I have my pick for 23 ready and 24. Um, with the I, You know, I, I like Morang, as you just mentioned. Um, if they go safety, if – well, I think they're going to go um, offense, but you said they're going to go safety. Uh, they could get Cosby you know. here. They could get Rashad Bateman here if he's there. Bateman's gone in my mock, but he's still available on the board in your mock. And I had Bateman to the Titans at this spot before updating my uh, mock from the trades today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just feel that uh, they're going to get an offensive tackle here, that not a, def not a defensive Cosby, well, They could get Cosby, the Texas tackle, or they could go Kevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State, or even Jalen Mayfield, Michigan. All those would be good fits here at 22 because they lost their right tackle, Dennis Kelly. They, cut, they, they traded Isaiah Wilson, and the Dolphins cut him. So 
they don't have a starter or a backup right tackle. So you go on Jalen Mayfield then, 22? Yes, I'm going to go Jalen Mayfield at 22. All right. Number 23, the New York Jets. They did have a Zoom call with Pru- they did have a Zoom call with Najee Harris, but I'm not giving them Najee Harris. I'm giving them a center that they compared to their former starting center, Nick Mangold, Oklahoma center, Creed Humphrey, zero sacks allowed in 2019 or 2020. So, and this allows them to move Connor McGovern, their starting center over to left guard. So they'll have Connor McGovern at left guard. They'll have Connor McDermott at right guard. And their starting center will be Creed Humphrey with Makai Becton. Now, to be fair, they could probably get better guards in day two of the draft. But at this point, I think Creed Humphrey, highest graded center. He has the best relative athletic score of any center dating back to 1987, according to Kent Lee, a.k.a. Math Bomb on Twitter. That's his username. But Kent Lee basically pointed out he does this thing called the relative athletic score. And Creed Humphrey, the best overall relative athletic score of any center in the NFL draft dating back to 1987. So, yeah, I mean, you got to go back to like Nick Mangold for the Jets to take a, a, a center. Yeah, and they uh, compared this guy. They compared this guy to Mangold, one of the Jets scouts. They compared Creed Humphrey to Nick Mangold. Well, there you go. That's the pick 23. I agree with you. Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma Jr. How do you like that pick? Okay, folks. Uh, let's move to, allowed in 2019 and 2020, which is perfect for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the next is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here we go. And this is guy I had probably two months ago in the same spot. I know they could build their defense, but they get their running back, Najee Harris. Yeah, Najee Harris, boom, agreed. That's who I have to Pittsburgh as well now. I have Cosme to the Texas left tackle to the Jacksonville at 25. I'm always a proponent of getting an offensive player to build around your quarterback with that second pick. And since the Jaguars have two first-round picks, they get an offensive lineman to build around their quarterback, Lawrence, with Cosme, who will learn behind Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor for a year as a swing tackle before – stepping into a starting left tackle role in 2022. And that's my pick for a Jacksonville Samuel Cosby. So let's go to uh, uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns. So you have Cosby to Jacksonville as well. I, I, would, I mean, I mean, the next two, you could take a offensive tackle. You're going to take Jenkins or Cosby here. Yeah. With Jacksonville. <laughs> Okay, so Cleveland's going to get the first 43 defensive end in my mock draft. Gregory Rosso, defensive end, Miami Hurricanes. I know he's a little bit raw, but if there is one Pro Bowl caliber defensive end that can help him reach his ceiling, it's Miles Garrett. He can teach him everything he learned from a, their former defensive coordinator who got fired from the Jets. Can't remember his name. But, yeah, um, they get um, – him as a second edge rusher because their other edge rushers are um they got rid of adrian claiborne they added to cars mckinley to replace claiborne and then they have joe jackson and they have um sion taki taki uh, they need another edge next to miles garrett they brought in um a corner through free agency in troy hill and they brought in john johnson as an extra safety through free agency so i think gregory rosso at 26 is just the best overall pick the Browns can make. He may not win a starting job as a rookie, but you can develop him into that second. He's the only edge rusher, 43 defensive end, I think, in this draft with the upside to develop into a pro bowler. So getting him next to Miles Garrett makes Cleveland's pass rush really strong. 
I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go around that. I'm going to have, because we have, because I thought he would go earlier in this draft, the guy I'm just going to mention. Christian Barmore from Alabama gets his little flash here in, in, in Cleveland. And he has the NFL ability to start right away. You know, he's been in the championship run with Alabama. He's a big guy. He knows how to clog running lanes. And I mean, he, he, I just feel he's going to be right here. And that's a good spot for the Browns as well. So wait, you give Chicago at twenty? I forgot. I never gave. I never. I never gave Christian Barmore to Chicago. I gave Barmore to Chicago. Excuse me. Oh, oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't hear to that. Figure out who you gave the, the Chicago, but I can go back and listen to it. Chicago, we we we. Uh, uh, I think I either gave him a lineman or Mac Jones. Yeah, you gave them. Um, I think you gave them. Uh, no, because Jalen Mayfield went to the Titans and Leatherwood went to the um, – can't remember who you gave Leatherwood to. You gave Leatherwood to the uh, – I gave uh, – yeah, I gave uh, – yes, uh, I gave Jalen Mayfield. No, you gave Jalen Mayfield to the Titans. So then who got um the Bears? I guess the Bears got Mac Jones. It's not worth – Okay, let's just move on. thing to debate. The Ravens at 27. I'm – going to give the Ravens Tevin Jenkins because there's talk they want to trade Orlando Brown Jr. And Tevin Jenkins, I think, is the best player on the board, Oklahoma State. So they get him as a run blocker. He's perfect for that offense. He can really open things up for J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson. And if they somehow manage to keep Orlando Brown, he could start out as a swing tackle, learn how to pass block, and then come in and take over in 2022. Yeah, a lot of people. If I look at a lot of uh, uh, a lot of mocks, they actually have them like taking Phillips or Russo here. They take, but they just signed Browser and McPhee, so they're not gonna. And they've got Jalen Ferguson uh, in the twenty nine. They're not gonna go get a defensive end. Um, they did lose uh, Yannick to the Raiders, so maybe they do. They lost Matt Judon too. And Gregory Rosso is still there at 27 if you wanted to give him to the Ravens. So, um, I feel like he can play defensive end or outside linebacker. He's just got to improve his technique because he's got great speed. Let's go with Gregory Rosso here. Yeah. All right. 28. I'm, I was originally – in my last mock, I gave the Saints Kadarius Tony because he reminded me of Brandon Cooks. But I'm going a different route this time. I'm going Georgia cornerback Eric Stokes. I love his man zone and press coverage. He was great on tape versus Tennessee. Great on tape against Florida. In fact, Eric Stokes limited Florida receiver Kadarius Tony, who I previously mocked, to seven receptions for 42 yards, kept him out of the end zone. So great job by Eric Stokes winning that one-on-one battle against Kadarius Tony and even though Florida won that game, Stokes won the one-on-one battle. The Saints lost to Norris Jenkins. Um, they, P.J. Williams has moved to free safety, so they don't really have a nickel corner. And Marshawn Lattimore got arrested today in Cleveland. So the Saints are ever going to draft a corner in Cleveland. They're going to get my fourth-best corner, Eric Stokes, who dominated Georgia's Pro Day and has just got a great coverage on tape, 4-2-7-42. They're going to take him to pair with Marshawn Lattimore as number two corner at 28. 
Yeah, I definitely I love that pick. I go I went with this pick. I mean, because I kind of draft for the Saints as well as the Raiders. The Saints are a bit thin on quarterback right now, and former first round pick Marshawn Lattimore, Patrick are both free agents. I know they re-signed up. Lattimore. Uh, Stokes is a fantastic athlete. He has great ball skills, who could be the next Davis White. Um, it's a bargain to get him at the end of the first round. I love this pick. Eric Storch, quarterback out of Georgia. We had a bad thing happen in New Orleans. Drew Brees, or bad, I should say. Future Hall of Famer retired, but they move. They move ahead. The Saints are in great position, and they get their physical cover man here um, and, and select uh, Eric Stokes. Green Bay Packers, I've got them taking the same player I had them taking in my last mock. Jalen Mayfield, right tackle, Michigan. Who'd you give the Packers 29? Packers! You know, I don't know. You, you might have said his name before. I don't know if you did. But I got them taking Nick Bolton, a linebacker, Missouri. That's a good pick. If Bolton can make the transition to 30-40, a great pick because that's definitely a need for the Packers. 119 combined tackles, folks. This guy go bring cheese head lovers to a stop and love, contain that defense yeah, as a great run defender. Yeah, I had Milano, I had Nick Bolton going to Buffalo as a replacement to Matt Milano, but <laughs> Buffalo re-signed Matt Milano. They're going to get a cornerback here to replace Josh Norman. And they're going to get that kid from Northwestern I told you about, Greg Newsom II. They're going to get him at 30 as a replacement to Josh Norman here. I'm going to stick with your Greg Newsom because I did pass him up. Uh, I, you know, um, you could have him going earlier to a team. But Greg Newsom, Northwestern Jr., and – let me just say that uh, the Bills could use somebody like him. Uh, n- number one, Newsom showed as pro day early March where he belongs, and he belongs in the NFL. And he's going to go up against the top receivers. We're going to, you know, deal with the the Patriots and the Jets and Dolphins. Dolphins are going to have a whole new unit. So, you know, the Bills are going to probably win this division again, but they're going to have a little bit more difficult time. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, I gave them quitty pay here. So they get him as an edge rusher next to Frank Clark. Both went to Michigan, and then they'll have uh, Chris Jones and Derek Naughty back. So that defensive line will get even stronger with Quiddy Pay on Kansas City. And if there's one team that can turn Quiddy Pay into a pro bowler, it's Kansas City. 43 defensive line. They have Clark. They have Chris Jones, two pro bowlers. And people will not account for Pay in Kansas City. I just think that's a great fit. It's about time for Quiddy Pay to come off the board in my mock, even though I don't consider him a top 32 player. He is a consensus first rounder. And this is just a good fit for him with no offense. Yeah, two guys that could go here because in my draft because I already lost Kitty Pay. Uh, but you have Jalen Phillips and also you have Jason O OA. Uh, either one and could probably Asher from Wake Forest too, who I actually mocked to Kansas City in my last mock before changing the pick to pay. Mm-hmm. 
could also go on offensive linemen. Uh, That's true. Uh, we could go offensive linemen. I don't think I took Cosme yet. Cosme yet. Yeah, if he's thirty-one, <laughs> I would think he's the pick for the Chiefs. Is Mahomes the blind side? Then we had the last uh, pick who could also go edge here, and uh, or they could uh, get uh, get a running back. But I don't see the running back because Najee Harris is off. Hold on, Orin. Time out for a second. You took Cosme to Kansas City, correct? Yes. Okay, so we're on Tampa Bay. This was the toughest pick for me to make. I've narrowed it down to three players because there are still three players with first-round grades in my top 32. The three players are Travis Atene, running back Clemson, um, wide receiver Kadarius Toney as a replacement to Antonio Brown. They do have wide receiver depth, though. The other pick is um, Joseph Osai. He would be a substitute edge rusher his first two years behind Shaq Barrett, but then after those first two years, he would come in and take over for Shaq Barrett. And this was a tough decision. I have not picked. In fact, I want your input on this pick because those are the three I'm considering for Tampa Bay. I've got 31 picks written down on a rough draft for my new mock, the seven-round mock that I'm going to start. But these are the three I've narrowed it down to. Atene, the Clemson running back, Tony, the Florida receiver, and Joseph Osai, the Texas edge rusher at 34 outside linebacker who would start out as a backup his first two years, but then would come in and take over for Shaq Barron in year three. Yeah, you got to remember, the Tampa Bay loves running backs. They may go and get this guy from Clemson, but I just see him at the – I mean, really, he's an early second rounder. But, you know, they can also use an edge and get – if Carlos Basham is not there, they pick him up too as well. So it can go many different directions. They are the champions. I don't know. They don't really have too many holes to fill. So I think they just go with the best player available that fits their needs. Yeah, they could go best player available. They brought back Sue. They brought back Gronkowski. They brought back Godwin on the franchise tag. Yeah, they have Scotty Miller. They have um, Mitch Morse, I think, from uh, Penn. And they have um, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. So they have great depth at receiver, too. They could have those guys compete for the slot receiver job. Or they could take Kadarius Toney. This was tough. I can't decide between... Osai, Tony, and Atene. Um, what would you, of those three players, who would you take? Do you take Atene? Well, you know, I like Osai, uh, but uh, repeat that a question again. I'm so sorry. Travis Atene, the Clemson running back, and Darius Tony, the Florida receiver, is a replacement to Antonio Brown or Joseph Osai. Oh, I'm telling you that they're going to take a running back. Yeah. Cause so- I really think they just go with that running back, even though he might be a second rounder. That's what I I'll said. I'll go with the guy just to play devil's advocate because they could use him for like two. They have um, they have Jason Pierre-Paul and they have next, and then they have Shaq Barrett for the next two years starting. But I think what they could do is they could put Osai in on some pass rushing situations Next to Pierre Paul, ease him in the first two years, and then year three he'll take off. <coughs> but they could go either they could go with Atene is probably the best pick for them to make, though. That's because if you get him, you get your feature running back to anchor that offense. You still have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones for one more year. And the Tampa Bay has been running some more two running back sets. So that's it for the mock. But let's talk about um, 
Zach Wilson's great pro day completed his first 16 passes. Um, yeah, securing him the second spot. And I think that's why we saw a lot of moves today because people know where they want to be. People know where they want to be. Do the Jets get them? Not 100%. Um, not 100%, but yeah, I got a new coach over there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting, to say the least. You know, if I were to go and give a mock draft right now, it's really hard to not not to say what's going to happen right now. But we just go go with the flow, and you pick the, you pick that guy. Um, but then again, yeah, they could go. It's not a bad pick, folks. If you don't get a quarterback, the Jets fans they don't pick up Wilson. Wilson slides one more pick, and you go with Sewell, it's not a bad pick. It just gives more protection for Sam Darnold, <coughs> which is much needed. Whoever's quarterback, they're going to need a better person in the line. Yeah, and that's going to be exciting. We got um, Virginia Tech had their pro day today. Darasaw did well, but he paid it well at Michigan's pro day. But, yeah, Tuesday, Alabama pro day, part two of Alabama's pro day. And Ohio State's Pro Day is going to be on Tuesday. So there's going to be a lot of things. Florida's Pro Day is on Wednesday. And I think next Friday is Tulsa's Pro Day with Zayvon Collins. So a lot is going to be cleared up in terms of Pro Days by next week. And I'm really excited. As soon as I finish the center rankings, which I'm halfway done with, I'm probably going to update the mock draft. Like, update the mock draft from the trade that happened today. Update the draft game and start working on a seven-round mock draft. Now, there could still be some trades that happen. One person joked about the Falcons making a trade with the Patriots on 328 since they blew the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, which would be actually kind of funny if they ended up with the trade at four on three. And because the Patriots are from an article I read WEI, the Patriots are really high on Justin Fields. So if the Falcons don't take Justin Fields, I can see the Patriots making an offer to get him at four. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very possible. Um, you know, you could go on consensus, see where everybody lands, what have you. Um, and, and it's going to be nice. We've got 10 minutes. Let's talk about some of the free agency moves that happened. Um, that not too long ago, um, I believe a uh, couple days ago we had uh, Falcons did get the running back. That was one of their needs. They did sign Mike Davis to fi- uh, to a two year contract. Mike did they uh, get him the running back in the draft, but they don't take the running back in the first two rounds. They can address other areas right. first, and then the one good signing that did happen a couple days ago was Deshaun Jackson went to the Rams. That, that, that opens up some stuff. It gives a, that uh, new quarterback uh, another target, which they kind of already have. Kenny Galloway gets a big deal uh, with, the, with the Giants, a four-year, $72 million deal. Do you think that's – is he worth that much, Galloway? Gall- Galladay? Yeah. 
Depending holidays gives Daniel Jones a number one target, and if they get somebody like Smith or Chase, like we discussed, they are really going to be able to open up that offense, especially if Barkley comes back, because they're going to have Nate Soldier back from the uh, – Nate Soldier opted out last year due to COVID, and they're probably going to have Matt Part and um, Shane Lemieux competing for the right guard job next to Will, Will Hernandez. So they're going to be a lot of things with that offense. And then I think a smaller thing, um, Ravens signed today, uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, they got Cycler at right guard. Now they get Sammy Watkins. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and then the Seahawks. Oh, no, no. Uh-uh. You know, the and then the Raiders today, I forgot, in the morning they signed uh, Willie Sneed. I, I guess, you know, now they have nine receivers. It's going to shut people up and putting a damn receiver in, in the first three rounds. It ain't going to take a receiver now. Yeah, they got a bunch of average receivers. We don't know how Edwards and Ruggs are going to do. They just had one year at the helm, and I, I think they improved t- tremendously. I do like the Brown sign- signing earlier uh, this month, and that's going to be a, a, a big, uh, big difference. Yeah, that was one of the yeah. top, uh, top uh, things that the Raiders did earlier. Um, the wide receiver from the Bills. Yeah, that's definitely a move. That, um, could... And then they, uh, the Raiders did pick up. Um, oh man, I'm. Yeah, Nick Martin from the Texans, and they got um, um, Drake from the Cardinals, running back. So now they have a nice little duo of running backs, Drake and Drake and Jacobs, and uh, maybe that maybe that's a good thing for the Raiders, and maybe what they needed in the running game. And they haven't had that in quite a long time. Two big backs, and that's what the Raiders are known for. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just looking at any uh, good transactions that we kind of can talk about. Most of them are really just small little uh, transactions. Our Cardinals signed Malcolm Butler yesterday. That's probably more of a Patrick than it is Patrick Peterson. I'd imagine the quarter they're getting to replace Peterson is probably going to be in the draft. Right, and we know that uh, Matt, the other Raiders deal, they have Marcus Mariota in this deal that he signed, he restructured. He has a no-trade clause, so it looks like the Raiders aren't going to get a quarterback either in this draft. Um, so that takes two positions really out from the, for the Raiders in their draft, and I really think they pick up a lot of defensive uh, moves because most of the defensive uh, people that they got in free agency are veterans. Yeah. And they did not, and they did not cover a linebacker position nor safety. I mean, they, yeah, I guess they did cover a linebacker position, but they did not cover an edge or, or a, a starting edge, I should say, or, or, or safety. And I think um, they—that's why they go offensive tackle in the first round, um, and then they go and get safety in the second round. But, you know, if somebody that they like is in the slips by the top 10 that we talked about, 
they can get, definitely go a, a different direction, just like any other team um, after the after the 15, 16 pick. Yeah. And Cowboys signed safety Javon, Javon, J. Ron Curse a couple days ago. Saints signed Nick Varnett, tight end. And, uh, you know, Richard Sherman, we'll see how where he goes. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of teams still have interests. Uh, Kevin Monroe signed with the Falcons earlier this week. And Jadavion Clowney, two days ago, actually visited with the Browns. And I don't, I don't know how that went. Yeah. So we'll see. That's just a little in tidbit. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean. Lots of stuff still still kind of early, but it's uh, still a lot of players out there. Yeah. We'll see what happens. You know, right now, if I go to the top three agents available, right now you have Clowney. Um, you know, whether uh, he fits, uh, you have couple of corners. You have Casey Hayward, Brian Poole. You have Eric Fisher, a, a, a tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, Russell Okun. Uh, you know, you got a couple of guys gather in the, you know, in their early 30s late. And then, but, you know, you got an edge. You got Melvin Ingram. You got Richard Sherman. You got Xavier Woods. So you do have some defensive players as well available. Um, Oliver Vernon, you know, the edge from Cleveland, but if you look at everybody, um, do you look at the age or do you look how good they are? Let me ask you that. You look for both. You look for both. What age, you want uh, young players, you go for the draft. You want veterans, you go for the agency, but you want to try to get veterans under 32, even if it costs more. Well, yeah, I mean, I see. Uh, it's funny that we talk about this. Um, you know, if these top 50, and I know not all of them are going to get signed before the draft, but let's say 25 of these guys get get signed, you're taking care of a lot of the needs from some of these uh, teams. Yeah. And I get those because after the draft, too. That's what teams do. Right, right, right. And you got, you got safeties that are not bad here. I mean, they're not bad. And you got corners that are not bad. So, I mean, and I'm looking at the edge. I mean, yeah, I'd rather have Nicole Roby as a corner than half of these guys in the draft. Yeah. And, you know, and then you got you to gotta look at this. You got um, a couple of uh, safeties. You got uh, Deron Harmon and you got Malik Hooker. You got Trey Boston. You know, you got some safeties as well, you know, available end corners. So your secondary stacked in free agency. And I think nobody really has addressed that yet for a couple Xavier Woods, for example, still available. It's yeah. a deep teams are taking the draft into account too. Yes. But I think some of these guys get signed. That's what I'm saying. I don't disagree. I think signed. All right. I mean, you're not going to take a guy that's like Alex Smith. I think he should retire. He's 37 years old. Go on with your life, buddy. It's enough. I mean, yeah. They could, Patriots could sign him if they wanted to. 
but I think they're going to wait until after the draft. It's like if they're if they cannot get a quarterback in the draft, I think Alex Smith they'll try to sign him for the Patriots. Or if they cannot get Garoppolo or Minshew on a cheap deal, I think at that point signing Smith would be okay. But yeah, the 49ers said they're not trading Garoppolo. So quickly before we wrap up, I am going to preview a few. I'm going to break down a Reveal my winners for some of the March Madness games this weekend. Oregon State plays Loyola Chicago. I am taking Loyola Chicago to win. What they did to Illinois was brutal. Uh, and they made the Final Four three years ago. They're going to beat the Pac-12 champion Bench, uh, Colorado Saturday. That's at 240. And then at 550, it's Villanova and Baylor. Baylor is one of my Final Four picks. They should beat Villanova. Oral Roberts plays Arkansas. They beat Ohio State and Florida to get to the Sweet 16. They, but their journey is going to end against the Razorbacks. Syracuse and Houston. I like Houston in that matchup as a two seed. They're playing an 11 seed. And then Gonzaga should continue their unbeaten run. I'm taking Florida State over one seed, Michigan. I know you're pretty disappointed that Florida State knocked off Colorado, but it is what it is. Um, uh, I like Alabama over UCLA, and I like USC over Oregon in that Pac-12 showdown to wrap up Sunday to get to the Elite Eight. And then my final four was um, Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, and um, Alabama, but Illinois lost to um, Loyola Chicago. But uh, I still think we could get a Gonzaga-Baylor championship. So we'll see what happens with March Madness. Um, we'll break down. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll break down the remaining pro days and the final four. And that's pretty much our plan for next week. So, And we'll have more free agency news for you guys. So a lot to digest. And we'll see you guys next week. So long. Hey, Chris. Chris. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, we're not going to be back next week. we got our mock draft on the Zoom. Follow us. Yeah. We're going to give you a we whole update. We will mock. have the mock draft recorded. I'm going to record the mock draft on Anchor, both rounds one and two. Round one will be on Zoom, but, but we're also going to have it on Anchor, and we'll have round two on Anchor as well on April 1st and 2nd. So that's what's happening next week. I forgot. Excellent, excellent, folks. We're out of here. You have a lovely weekend. You enjoy um, the tournament this weekend and see who goes to the beautiful Elite Eight. <laughs> wow. Final four is uh, final four is next Saturday after this Saturday with the lead eight on Monday and Tuesday. That's-